Disclaimer. This episode talks about sensitive topics, which may also be triggering for some people. Topics such as use of drugs, suicide, and mental illness. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Growing Young, the place where we can just be ourselves. I'm Melanie Sue. Welcome back. Welcome to another episode. I don't know what to say. However, to those who are listening audio version, we also have a video version up on the YouTube channel, which is called Growing Young. So if you are more of a video person instead of a listener, definitely go check that out. But if you like the audio version, we are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Um, I'm blanking on a few other, but I know there are quite a few others that I am on. So give it a listen. Give me five stars because you know what helps me out and subscribe to the channel because when I know you are interested in what I'm making, um, follow along for more, right? Anyways, how is everybody doing? I hope you're doing good. I wish you guys could answer back. I know I sound very upkept right now, but um, I don't know. I'm feeling really good. And I feel like today's topics are something that I've been excited to really talk about. Like the past few episodes have been like playful, just getting a feel for what's going on with the podcast. But now, honestly, I think we're going to start slowly getting into the nitty gritty of this whole thing. And it's a place where I wanted to discuss my troubles with anxiety, um, depression, and every other thing while dealing with life obstacles. I mean, I know we all have them, but each of us have our own stories. And I think everyone's story is important to listen to. So I kind of just want to put mine out there. And I figured making a podcast was the best way to do it. Like I have a YouTube channel, but I think podcasts give you more of that in not in person, wow, that personal touch that, you know, more sentimental or more like you to me, I don't know how to explain it, but you know, it's just, it just feels right. So I figured, you know, making the podcast, that's what we're here for, right? To just talk about it. While I mention that, do stay tuned. At the end of this podcast, I'm going to let you guys know how you can kind of put your input in this podcast and have your voice heard. So stay tuned for the ending of the episode so that you can hear how you are able to voice your voice on the podcast. Wow, that was a lot of like mix up stuff. And I hope you guys understood what I was talking about. (laughs) Anyways, so on my trusty phone, because I didn't write it down, I'm in the day and age of technology. And while I do think I should write it down, I feel like if I write it down, I'm gonna end up losing it. So since my phone is usually glued to me, I figured I'd use my phone. I wanted to throw out a few things and talk about a few topics and I like bullet point them all in the phone, which a lot of people tend to do that. And I thought it would be easy for me to stay in track when discussing certain topics with you guys. So yeah, let's, let's, let's get into it. Right. Um, I kind of want to start with my anxiety and where it started and It's interesting to me because growing up, I never thought I had anxiety. Like I know everyone has like anxiety where it's just like the general like, um, am I going to get the job or, you know, going to a new school or a new job, stuff like that kind of anxiety. Um, But there are definitely, there are definitely, I can't speak. There are definitely different levels of it. And I never understood how bad those levels were till I got older And it's unfortunate that a lot of things triggered these things. So if you, 
if you suffer from the type of anxiety that I suffer from, it's most likely you've had a lot of triggers along the way. And I'm really sorry you had to deal with all these things. It's definitely not something I like. I really do hate it. And if you know, you know. But um, yeah, I was I was young. And unfortunately, I did go through childhood trauma, which that I kind of want to put it in a separate episode and talk about it because it is a very intense topic for me to discuss and I really want to break that down like dissect it in different ways so I'm just kind of going to brush over that but I did unfortunately deal or go through um, certain traumas uh, growing up they were pretty painful and like most people in America I never seeked help I thought that it was my job to figure it out myself, especially because the way I was brought up and like I've said this a million times before, I give my mom like so much credit for raising three girls on her own. Um, but we all dealed with trauma. I apologize in advance. If you hear my fiance yelling, he is playing video games. So if you have a fiance that does that, you know how it goes. So I apologize. But um, yeah, so Everyone in my family, unfortunately, we dealt with some kind of trauma and it sucks. And again, that's going to be part of the other video. The one thing that I did kind of go through, like my specific headspace during the trauma of all of ours, I felt like the man of the house um, because there was a point in time where my mom did have a partner and they ended up separating. And for a while, my mom was like by herself and my mom already was very fragile and she was in a really sensitive place. And it's understandable, like, especially because, like I said earlier, trauma and or anxiety builds up over time. And the more time goes on and trauma you go through, it just amplifies it. So my mother has obviously had more years on this planet than I have. So clearly her trauma built up. So she was already pretty high in her anxiety and it just got worse. So I was pretty young in it and I was in the space where I felt like, I can deal with everything myself. I don't need help from anyone. And I always thought like therapy was just stupid. Like anyone who took therapy was just weak. And that's what I saw myself as. And to let me just say this right now to anyone who has taken therapy, like or who has taken therapy, who is taking therapy. This is not me stabbing at you or making trying to make you feel bad. It's just my mindset before I found help um, was really ignorant and if I would have known how helpful it would have been to have gone to a therapist a long time ago, I would have done it. It's just very difficult with other obstacles in the way, which we'll get into that later on. But um, yeah, so my mom, I uh, try to help her out as best as I could. Um, in my headspace, I was the guy, the man to house, which is a very cliche and very... I don't know in this day and age being the man of the house is very dumb to say like everyone is the man of the house it shouldn't even be called the man of the house we're all people of the house you know what I mean so I felt like it was my responsibility that when something went down or when something was falling apart I had to fix it and I did that left me with overdrafts in my account because I had to pay certain bills or um giving up my phone because I wanted to make sure that our phone bill was or our uh, bills were paid or not getting myself stuff. It was very hard for me to spend money on myself because every time I tried to or wanted to, I didn't have anything because it had to go into bills. So while you would think that would be enough to trigger like high anxiety, I just 
pushed it all down. I honestly had no feelings. I felt like I didn't have, I, I just felt like I was fine. Honestly, at that time, I truly did not believe I had anxiety because anxiety was just something that I've never had. I've never even experienced a panic attack. I didn't experience my first panic attack till like my 20s. And I was well above the age limit of getting help. And I didn't get help till my late 20s, which I will discuss that too. So yeah, um, doing all that did take a lot out of me, but I didn't really know how to, how to say no. I didn't know how to, like I thought all that time I was doing the right thing. I thought all that time that which again, if you're someone who's a big family person, because I'm a big family person, I love my family. And till this day, I would drop everything to, you know, make sure my family's good. But I've learned what's the healthy and not healthy way, as opposed to before where I did it more of the unhealthy way. And I would constantly drop everything, even if it meant like jeopardizing my own life for whatever, whatever, you know, reason it might be. And I would, you know, just go about it and do it. I've never, I've also never had anyone kind of call me out on it and tell me like, oh, well, you know, you shouldn't be doing this and you, you are doing this wrong. I've never had anyone call me out on it because it's just, for me, it just felt like that's how life was. And growing up or getting to the point where I think it was like out of high school, uh, I, I, even then I felt, I felt towards the end of high school, my anxiety had gotten a little worse. I don't recall having any panic attacks at that time, but I do know that I was, always worried about things and I felt like behind and I don't know I feel like that was kind of a general anxiety because I feel like anybody graduating out of high school feels anxious you know you're entering the world so you don't know what's going to happen you don't know where your life is going to go you don't know what you're going to become what's going to happen it's just a lot of questions so I feel like everyone gets anxiety and being that I lived with my mom I didn't feel any real fear because I was like, as long as I'm living with my mom, I'm going to take care of her and do everything she needs and whatever, you know, whenever she needs help, I'm going to help her. I'm here. And I was always the one at the house. Um, Even though at the time when I had a partner, uh, like I, everyone used to tell me I wasn't at the house as much, but then after a while, like I started being home more. And I think it was because I saw that the direction of that relationship wasn't going in the direction that I wanted it to. And I saw myself slowly growing apart from it. It was no, nothing the other person did. It just wasn't working out. I wasn't feeling like that person was going to fulfill me in my future. I felt like I just, we were just kind of two people, two different worlds. We wanted two different things. And it was just best that like I pushed that out of the way. So even that relationship, which that was like my first big relationship, because growing up relationships to me, I was like, no, thank you. I just want to be me, have fun. And that wasn't the case. When I got to high school, I was involved with someone for the whole time and it just, it didn't work out. It was, it was a short high school fling. Not, it wasn't a fling. It it lasted all high school years. So it wasn't a fling, but it definitely died out. And to my surprise, it being a relationship that I had had for so long, I thought it would provoke anxiety. I did feel emotional about it. I felt like, you know, hurt, but I think it was more because part of my anxiety is I don't like changes. Anything that is a change to me throws me off completely. And I don't know if there's another term for that, but I am very comfortable with things being there. And that's how my mind was before. I see them differently now, but like before it was very much 
everything had to go a certain way all the time. And I don't care. Like I just, oops, sorry, I had to scratch myself. Um, but I don't care. It had to be the same way. So when that big change in my life was happening, it just, it did throw me off a little bit. It did make me feel weird and not because I was going to miss the person, but because I was completely derailing my life into a different direction. So that meant like knowing, learning new things and, and figuring out whether I wanted to bring another partner into my life because it would just result in the same thing. It would be me having to get to know someone, someone again, we get to know each other. And then next thing, you know, something could possibly happen and we break up, which that is something that is also part of the anxiety. I have the tendency of really seeing the worst in things. And it just, I, I think I, I say all this and I think those things are just things that spilled out because of the anxiety, because I didn't deal with them when I needed to. And it was, it was really, really, really tough. And then fast forward a little bit, I meet my current partner now and I've been with him for almost 10 years now and I'm very happy and we're going to get married. Um, thank God to that because I can't do any changes, but, uh, yeah, we get into a relationship and in the beginning it's, it's very great. I mean, let me, I'm not trying to say that it gets worse. It was great. It still is great. But in the beginning, when you're first starting with someone, they don't kind of, you know, tell you the truth or tell you where the wrongs are. And I think I didn't fully see it or fully get the talk until we moved out. After we moved out, uh, which was very heavy for me, let me just say, because that was another change in my life that I wasn't ready for. My fiance had graduated college. He ended up getting a job in Philadelphia and you know, I wanted to stay in my hometown with my mom. It, leaving my mother was a very big change. That triggered me. I did not think I was going to be able to survive. It was very difficult for me to think of leaving her. And we did get into a little bit of a, not an argument, but we had disagreements on that. And, you know, which he's definitely not in the wrong. You know, I couldn't stop him from doing his job. But I also had to learn how to adjust to a change like that. It was just if I'm being quite honest in the beginning was not ideal for me. And I don't think we, he or I, he nor I, uh, handled it correctly. Cause again, I didn't know the intensity of my anxiety and my fiance knew nothing of anxiety. He, I kid you not. I think I've ever seen him have anxiety. I think it was like last year or the year before that. Only time I've ever seen that man ever have anxiety or even have like a slight panic attack, slight panic attack. So again, we're about to be 10 years and all that time never has he had it. So he didn't know what I dealt with. He didn't know what I had to go through up until recently. And then uh, we get to the point where we're going to move out and it becomes scarier. Obviously, I cried and I missed my mom for quite some time, but I realized as time went on, it kind of felt nice to be away. And it sounds almost mean when I talk about it. Like when I left to Philadelphia, I almost felt free because it was just me and my partner at the time, me and my partner at the time, it's the same person, but me and my fiance, it was just us. And I had no one else around me. So I couldn't go. I mean, I had a, I also had a car, which my fiance helped me get. Um, he also helped me get my license. So I was able to drive back to my mom's house, uh, which was about an hour. I think it's 
an hour and like five minutes or so. I don't know, roughly an hour. So I had the opportunity to go back, but my mom wasn't like a few steps away. She was a drive away. So it was a little bit harder for me to make the effort to go over there. However, it did not change the fact that I still felt the need to take care of my mother being where I was. I was still putting myself aside to help her out. And again, I'm not saying this to sound like a jerk towards my mom. I think my mom did excellent and I, I love her to death and I would do anything for her because that's my mother. She's amazing. But I definitely did learn that or actually, no, I did not learn that. I was still dealing with the whole, I was starting to learn. So I ended up uh, talking to my fiance one day and I remember telling him that I wanted to try therapy after all the years of me saying like therapy was stupid and I don't think I could handle people like just my idea of therapist, by the way, is someone with a really soft voice and like you getting pissed off and they're just there like, honey, it's okay. You can be open and vulnerable. Just let it all out. That was my idea of therapy. And I thought about that and I could not handle it. Like just me playing it in my head. If someone had spoke to me like that, I think I would have smacked them. But that was not the case. That was not the case. And I went to a therapy. Well, it's difficult first off. So I'm going to be completely open and honest. Growing up, we didn't have a lot of money. Our insurance was through the government. But my goal is and was that I never want to use government help if I didn't need it. Um, I did need it. I didn't have enough money to pay for insurance. Insurance, obviously, if you guys know, insurance is not freaking cheap. It is expensive. And on top of that, if you work part-time, you're getting paid part-time money, you still can't afford it. And I had other bills to pay, and I was like, well, I guess if the, if the government, if the government insurance, I, if I qualify for it, I'm going to use it because – I do want to take care of my health, but when I'm able to get off of it, best believe I'm getting off of it. I don't want anything handed to me. I want to work for what I have, which is what I want to make known. Yes, I've used government insurance. That's the only thing from the government that I've personally used and applied for um, because of all things, literally, that's freaking expensive. Like the fact that we don't have like United or what's it called? Like uh, what is the word called? Like the fact that we don't have I don't know, like insurance paid for us like every other country does out of the United States, it blows my mind. Like it would be so much better. Like I think access to insurance, good insurance coverage is so important because if, not if, I'm sure a lot of you have struggled with trying to get help for types, like different types of mental illnesses such as anxiety, depression, all that. And getting it is, I mean, it is an obstacle. Like I've never had to jump through hoops to get help, which is so sad to think about because you're trying to get help, but you can't because it's just so impossible. So there are people out there struggling, going through depression and contemplating suicide. And I'm not going to lie. I was one of them that it's nearly impossible to get the proper help. And when I did go to get help, like through, um, through my insurance, like the government insurance that I had at the time, I was told that the the type of help that I can get is like, it's minimum. Like, so they give you like, I think it was four weeks free or maybe like six weeks free, six weeks free. And after that you pay for it. But I wanted to try and get help so bad that I was going to pay for it. Thankfully, 
it was only $25. So I'm happy that that half hour that I had with someone was only 30 or $25. And the person that I had, she was like, her name was LaRonda, I think. What a beautiful soul that woman was. Like, I mean, what a beautiful soul. I, she did have a very soft voice, but it was very comforting. And she was the first one that helped me realize that I sat there for years telling myself, if you go to therapy, you're weak. And the biggest barrier that I had to go through was acknowledging that it's okay to be weak. It's okay to be vulnerable. And that was something that I didn't want to let go because when you're a parent and I'm not a parent, but let's go back to me saying how I wanted to be the man or how I was the man of the house. Your role as that person is to be tough, to hide all your emotions, that you cannot be vulnerable. Don't let anything or anyone around you see you cry or be emotional or any kind of thing like that. Just don't do it. And so all those years holding it in when I was allowed to say the words that I would be weak, oh my God, forget it. I busted out in tears, okay? Literal tears. It was so emotional but so liberating at the same time because at that moment I acknowledge that all that time I was just trying so hard not to be weak I just didn't want to be weak I, I didn't want to be known as weak and I want to be strong because being strong is what helped me get by for so long and if I let that go then you know what else do I have my my whole thing is I I've had my walls up for so many years and I'll be honest with you I'm 30 now and that experience like when I went to therapy I think I was like 24 I believe I was 24 and it's still today and I do feel like I still have walls put up I and not that I feel I I know I do and I'm still learning how to adjust through it I'm still learning how to deal with a lot of things that I've dealt with growing up and along doing that long opening the doors to those that vulnerable moment I learned that I had anxiety and that was the first time that I was told about my anxiety because I would express to her how I felt and what I would think and all that and she would tell me well yeah you have anxiety never knew that because I never knew what anxiety really was I just thought it was that type of thing well it is that type of thing but I didn't know the level of anxiety I had up until that moment and it was awful And I was also diagnosed with depression, which was also another awful thing. But the one thing that I noticed going there, and I still have trouble with it even even till today, is every time I do talk to someone, I get scared to mention about the days in which I spoke to myself and said I wanted to kill myself. Or... Uh, the days where I would cut myself because I didn't want to come off crazy to anyone or be put into a hospital. And I, I don't know, like therapy always made me feel good, but at the same time always made me worry to really share everything because if I shared how I really felt, I was scared that they would look at me as crazy one and that I would be put into a hospital. And I felt like going to a hospital was just like going to make me feel worse. I don't ever want to do that. I don't ever want to go through it. While I have heard people say that they've put themselves in hospitals and they um, said that the outcomes of them, the outcomes of going really, really helped them. It scares me. And I don't know that I can do it. I don't know that I'm strong enough to do it. 
So I would avoid it at all costs. I only stood with her for a little bit because it came to a point where my fiance and I were going to move. And it was the move or not the move, a little before the move. My fiance and I got into a little a little uh, disagreement or not disagreement. We got into like a rough patch in our relationship. And uh, it seemed to have triggered anxiety because my first thought was now I'm going to have to start all over all over again. And I didn't like that. And my feelings were all over the place. And I know he was feeling some type of way because, you know, how I felt would make him feel a certain way. And it was just like very in the air. Um, we moved because we ended up moving in with his brother or his brother ended up moving in with us. He came to Philly. They started working the same job together. And it was like very up and down. I didn't know what I wanted. I didn't know, like, I don't know if it was my, what emotions was, well, I knew what emotions were triggering me. I just didn't know like how to calm them down, if you will. So we did work through them, thankfully. And it took some time for us to get that balance, but it definitely helped. But I will say, trying to figure my life out because in my head, I'm like, okay, so now you're going to start all over again. You're going to have to just like be single and maybe just stay single and, you know, um, figure it out. And I did. It was a lot of work to get there, but we, we did it. And I'm happy about that. But I will say in my downtime, like when I was down, I was down. Like I was down. And something that took me out of it was a very, this is like a 50-50 topic. So if you are not for this, I completely understand. I have no judgment to anyone who likes or doesn't like it. This is my preference and this was my opinion on the topic, but I used medicinal marijuana. I used it, technically speaking, you have to have a medical marijuana card, which I do have now. But if it wasn't for that, I think my life would have been completely different. I think... I don't know that I would have been able to hold on to life had it not been for that. And I know a lot of people are very iffy about taking marijuana as a form of help. And let me just tell you, for my personal opinion, it helped me massively. I felt happiness like I've never felt before. I felt like goal driven, like I I wanted to succeed and do more. I used to go to uh, CCP, Community College of Philadelphia, and I ended up telling myself, all right, well, I want more. I want to transfer and I want to go to Temple University and I did just that. I did it. And that was all, yes, I'm going to say it was all thanks to the weed. Definitely thanks to the weed. Because before I thought of it, I'd be like, yeah, like, you know, I want to. And then after I did that, like my mindset was completely different. Like I wanted to get more. Like I kid you not, when my mind started like grinding in that way where I was like, okay, like you want this and this is why you want it. I started working my ass off at CCP. Like I was doing good, but I did better. And that better is what helped me get into Temple. And I cannot think that enough. It, it was amazing and I love it. And I haven't done it in a while. I will say that um, part of my, the reason I haven't is because anxiety, but uh, yeah, it it helped me out a lot. It did not trigger anxiety. Uh, in fact, it actually helped uh, calm my anxiety down, which is why I ended up going for it too. I heard a lot of people say that it's really good for anxiety. And I'm, kid you not, it was amazing. It was amazing. A friend of mine used to smoke with me and we just had so much fun and we were always laughing. It was 
the best, the best, honestly. It was a time in my life that I needed it the most. And honestly, I'm so thankful that I reached out for it because if it, I wouldn't have, honestly, I, I don't know where I would be right now, honestly. And then something else that I, I deal with is depression. Sorry about that. We had to take a quick break because technology is just wonderful and my camera storage was already full. But the topic I was going to get into before I had to go on this little break um, was about depression, which is something else that I do suffer with. And anxiety and depression go hand in hand. I mean, if you have one, chances are you have the other one or one's triggered by the other one, to be quite honest with you. Because if you have severe anxiety, dealing with um, anxiety plus, well, no, I can't even speak. If you have anxiety, it triggers your way of living. Like you feel like you can't do anything or you feel kind of trapped, which can trigger depression. And if you have depression, you're constantly worried about something, anxiety is sure to follow. That is the case for me. I feel like that's a topic for another specific video because that's going to go hand in hand with another one. This one I just want to really just be about the anxiety and the struggles that I've dealt with. Uh, some triggers that I've noticed when it comes to it. And I don't know if anyone else feels this, but there's times where I'm triggered. Something triggers the anxiety and I end up getting like a full-blown panic attack. But then there's times where certain things trigger it. So the pandemic has definitely increased the random triggers. And it's also giving me some new triggers, which relay solely on my health. So I've gotten COVID um, before being vaccinated because I'm also vaccinated. Uh, when I got COVID, it triggered the hell out of me. It gave me such anxiety because I, so the big thing is, you know, you don't get, you can't smell, you can't taste, or at least that was the beginning stage of it. And I ended up not being able to smell or taste. And I told my fiance like, Hey, I can't smell or taste anything. And he was like, Oh no, no, you don't have anxiety. I mean, oops. And he was like, no, no, you don't have COVID. You're fine. It's probably just a code, a code, a cold. Boy, was he wrong. I knew deep down in my soul that was COVID. I knew I couldn't smell a thing. And I've never, ever, ever gotten sick like that before. If anything, I'm very hard to get sick. So with that, I was like, no, it's COVID. And when I got tested, yep, it was COVID. My anxiety was through the roof during that time because one, I don't know, nor does half the world know the effects that it does realistically to your body afterwards there are stuff that could happen but we don't know any long-term things so that gave me anxiety and then it gave me more anxiety because when I was getting towards the ending of it uh I was short of breath not as intense as most but I was I was having it and it was me just nearly going to the bathroom which was literally like maybe like a few steps away from me when we lived in our old apartment and I could not handle it. It was awful. And then I uh, chose to walk my dogs one day while I was in the recovery process of COVID. And that was the biggest mistake of my life. I walked one of my dogs, just a short, like I walked out the door around the corner and I was like, okay. And I sucked it up and continued to walk them. But then when I came back inside, I was like, no, I can't do it. And I told my fiance, like, you're gonna have to walk the other one because I really, I can't, I can't walk the other one. I just can't, I'll pass out. And the crazy thing is all that happened literally 
as soon as we got back from our trip, which granted, yeah, we were being safe. We masked up and everything, but I ended up getting COVID when I got back from my trip at like from my trip to Florida and Georgia. And on top of that, that was when I got engaged to my fiance. So that was 2021. Great year. Great year. It was a nightmare for me, but thankfully I, you know, I did get better. I took time, the smell and taste, the tasting took so much. And that added to, that was like what I was mentioning earlier, Had I had triggers. That was one of the triggers. So my health, when my health was off or I felt something different, I would instantly get anxiety. Sometimes I would get so anxious that I would have panic attacks. And when I would have panic attacks, oh God, I used to think I was dying. And the worst part about it is I would end up going to the emergency room. So that was fun, very fun. And other days... I have no triggers and I'm just there just living my life and I'm sitting on the couch or I'm cooking something and I start getting really panicky, which is weird because I could literally be fine, honestly, just completely fine. And then out of nowhere, it just hits me and I'm like, okay, this is not good. And in the midst of the pandemic, I will say this, I think that's where everything just got so worse because I've had anxiety before. Obviously I've had moments of panic, you know, I've had it. The pandemic made it worse for sure. But whenever my health is off, that's been like the biggest trigger for me. Like every time I feel my nose getting stuffy or I feel like my throat kind of dry, I automatically get really anxious about it because I just, I don't want to get sick. And sometimes I think about like, maybe it's like PTSD from getting COVID or something. Like I know it sounds crazy, but it could be a thing because I've heard it's a thing. Sorry for the mic getting it. I have to fix my shirt because it looks pretty bulky. But yeah, I've heard of, um, you know, that being a thing, you getting PTSD off of it. And honestly, if I could only imagine if I have that type of trigger when it comes to my health, it being me and I don't even work in the like profession of health, I could imagine those in the ICU units or even in a hospital, just point blank. Like I was scared to work because I would get COVID again. And then it just made me so anxious to go into work that at that moment, my anxiety was making it very difficult for me to even work because I was so constantly thinking about like ways to get the day going quick. I would make, I've even sometimes made excuses not to go into work. I remember one time I called off of work because I was so anxious and I was just sitting in my car the whole time, the whole shift I stood in my car. That's how anxious I get. But it's worse when you get those bouts of like, or spouts, whatever you call them, like bouts of, yeah, I think it's bouts. I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong down in the comment section. Those moments of like random trigger are what really get me. Like those are the worst ones. I think like I can have a panic attack when I know it's coming, like when I know something is triggering it. But the ones where I have no control over that just hit me out of nowhere are the absolute worst because it instantly makes it difficult for me to breathe. My chest gets tight. And I don't, honestly, I've never had the chance to talk to anyone to ask them why that might happen. But um, a couple of months ago, I did have a therapist that I was going to. And she was honestly, she was great. Brutally honest all the way. Anytime I said something, she'd be like, no, that's not the case. And I liked it. But I don't have a therapist anymore. And while I've been doing great and I, she's definitely helped me see things very differently. And it was again through the government insurance. I have been feeling so much better with her help. I feel like 
even today, I still have moments, which I haven't had therapy. I think it's been since like, I think it's been since maybe July, I want to say. I haven't had therapy and I've been good, but it does not mean that I don't want to go back to therapy. I would love to go back to therapy because there's still things that are unsolved that I want to resolve. It's just the the process to getting the help is difficult. As I mentioned earlier, like it's hard getting help. And when the pandemic hit, it made it even harder. Like I went to the emergency room one time because of a really bad panic attack to the point where they had to give me like oxygen so that I could like breathe better. I think it was oxygen. No, I don't remember if it was oxygen or it was something that they gave me to help me breathe better. I'm assuming it was, but I can't remember. And I had already gone to the emergency room multiple times because of my anxiety and because of panic attacks. And they were always bad. And one doctor came in or a nurse came in and he was telling me like, you know, do I talk to someone? And I explained to him that it's been very difficult to find someone to talk to. And even more so during the pandemic, because everyone was quitting or leaving and or it wasn't there was nothing open or available because the pandemic created so much anxiety for people that therapies, therapy sessions became like very high in demand. Like it was extremely difficult to find someone. And imagine if that's therapy on a regular, imagine trying to get help with insurance, which that another thing that happens, insurance doesn't help with therapy because apparently there's like this thing, which my therapist told me about, like it becomes really like difficult and they try to like charge in the wrong ways. But like paying out of pocket for therapy is ridiculous. Like there needs to be help because it's just, it's so expensive. And the poor guy literally put his phone number down on my discharge papers and told me that if I ever needed anything, if I ever needed to talk to someone, just call him. And he was such a sweetheart. I never called him, but he just having some healthcare providers that are like that, especially him, he was someone who worked in the ER. And I could only imagine how he dealt with situations because here I am going in because I'm having a panic attack, but there have been worse situations and I'm just taking up a bed for someone who might need it more than me. And that's something that really also triggers my anxiety is guilt. I have guilt of taking up space when I go to an emergency room. And I have to say, when I was in Philadelphia, this is when I go to the emergency room most. Um, I haven't been to one in a little bit. Well, that's a lie. I went to one in December too, for the same reason. Yay. Um, but in Chestnut Hill, Philadelphia, the Chestnut Hill Hospital, their emergency department, absolute, honestly, amazing. I can't even begin to explain how amazing the doctors and nurses were there when I would go. They were very kind and caring and very understanding. I remember they let me stay there a little bit longer just to like kind of rest because one night I could not sleep. Like my anxiety had kept me up and I could not sleep. So they gave me the bed to sleep and I stood there for a, a while, like a, a while, just sleeping. And I've read reviews on the hospital and people would say bad reviews about it. But honestly, I've had nothing but amazing care from that hospital. Like it's that hospital is such a comfort for me that if I could drive there just to go to that hospital, I would. They are super, super amazing. And I can't speak any anymore or there's so much good to say about them is basically what I'm trying to say. They're amazing. Um, and I appreciate their help and everything they did for me and their words and just everything they've done, honestly. I also realized that in the midst of the pandemic, because my anxiety was so bad and I've been told by my doctors when I had the chance to go, that is, that it was really bad. I've tried really hard to 
find ways to cope with it without having to use medication because medication was something that I did not ever want to see doing. I don't, you know, discriminate against anyone who uses uh, medication for anxiety. I mean, technically speaking, I've used weed for freaking anxiety and it's helped. But like the, I think they're called SSR medications. Um, those are definitely ones that I just wanted to stay away from. I don't, you know, knock anyone who uses them. Just me personally, I did not want to use them. It, they just scared me. I don't know. It just, the thought of using them just really scared me. And I remember where it came to a point where I was just like, that's it. I can't, I can't take this anymore. I can't do it on my own. I just, I'm so overwhelmed with how anxious I've been. I'm so tired. Like there have been points throughout the pandemic that I also questioned whether I wanted to continue living because it was just so exhausting. The anxiety was just so exhausting that it created depression. It created so much negative thoughts in my mind that I contemplated so many times. Like it was just awful. One panic attack that I sent me that sent me to the emergency room left me in like complete fear because I literally thought that, that was the last day that I, I was just I was over it already. So at that point, thankfully, I was able to come to and be like, all right, if what I'm doing isn't helping, then clearly I need more. So I considered doing medication. Um, so I have a I. Let me put it like this. My anxiety was so bad during the pandemic that in the beginning of the pandemic, I gave myself gastritis. That was awful. Like, awful. I I don't even, like, it was just, it was awful. I've always had, like, a sensitive stomach. And usually when I get anxiety, my stomach is the first thing to feel something. Like, I always get, like, sick to my stomach. So it was no surprise to me that when I took anxiety medication, my stomach would be attacked first because it, it really did. My mom took anxiety. My mom takes anxiety medication. And the first thing that she told me was how big of a blessing it was to her, which is why I considered it. But when I took it or when I, yeah, when I took it, it fucked up my stomach so bad. I mean, I... I was already losing weight because of my anxiety, but taking the medication, that really messed me up really, really bad. And I know there's a bunch of different other ones that I could have tried, but that one medication traumatized me enough that I did not want to do it again. I did not want to. I felt like I'd rather deal with the anxiety than what I was going through. I just, I have a fear of taking medication and that was something that's new. I have a fear of taking medication because of, of allergic reactions and or not allergic reactions I was fear there was a fear of just it not sitting well with me all that was in the midst of the pandemic too because I've never used to be like that I never would be scared of taking vitamins um never would be scared of taking medications nothing after taking those freaking SSR medications for my anxiety I I had a fear of eating or taking anything afterwards Eating for me was so freaking difficult. I literally have a list on my phone and I still have it on there. And that list is of foods and of things that I've taken. And so whenever I ate something and it didn't give me a reaction, I would check it off. This could be foods that I've already eaten before and I know I'm not allergic to, but in my head... I don't know if the medications did there or what in my head I thought to myself okay well like 
I might get a reaction. So like if I get a reaction, I know where the emergency room is. I'm going to write it down and I'll know. Yeah, that was my life for a, a good amount of months, honestly. It was a good chunk of months after taking it because I took the medication sometime, I think, in February, beginning of February, I believe it was. And I stopped taking them like within five days. It was awful, awful, awful. That anxiety of like having a reaction to whatever it is that I eat or, or like take, it's still till today. This was over, we're, I'm about to reach two years, right? Was it two years? Yes. Two years because I got engaged. Yes. It's going to be two years now. And I still sometimes eat things and have that like instant, like anxious moment. And I'd be like, oh my gosh, am I going to have a reaction? And like, I'll wait for a second. And I, it's so bad that I still also contemplate or not contemplate, but like, so wherever I moved to, I had to make sure that I knew where the closest emergency room was because I needed to get there in case. I get anxious sometimes knowing that the closest emergency room to me now is about like 20 minutes away. Maybe it's it's 20 or 15 minutes away from me. That gives me way too much anxiety. Like just knowing that it's far away because I'm like, what if I need them? I have to drive out there and I have to drive fast and it, I'm not going to make it. But it it's not as bad as it was before. I will say that. So I'm thankful for that much. But it it's awful. It's I can't. I can't even begin to tell you how awful it was, honestly. If you have anxiety, you you know. And if you deal with anything that I or anything close to what I've dealt with, you know. Something else that um really threw me off of the medication, and I don't know if this has ever happened to anybody. I did research, by the way, before I took um the anxiety medication. Like, yes, I was already fed up with how I was feeling, which is what triggered me to, or not triggered me, but what what made me want to take the medication. But I did research to make sure. And I saw that insomnia was a side effect. I saw that you could have an upset stomach, headaches. I didn't really have headaches. Something that threw me off and I didn't think I was going to get it was uh, weird dreams. Yeah, that I, I don't know if it's because I have a very crazy imagination, but the dreams I've had while on that medication for the five days only. Wow. Wow. I remember when I took it, um, what was it? So after the, it was, I think it was like the first, maybe second day I took the medication and I went to go to sleep. And when I went to go to sleep, I was already starting to have troubles falling asleep. And I took it. And the first day I took the medication, I was feeling good. Like I felt happy. And I was like, Oh my God, maybe, maybe the medication's already working the second day. No, that wasn't the case. I took it. And at that night, I remember going to bed. I, I typically sleep with uh, the TV on when I had like the insomnia was already kicking in and I was having trouble sleeping. I couldn't sleep because my dreams were also kind of creeping me out a little bit. So like sometimes I would like stay awake because I just didn't want to go to sleep. But like sometimes I would fall asleep. But it wasn't until I think the second or third night. They say you have hallucinations. I don't know if it was a hallucination or a dream. But I remember laying down sleeping. It was literally... What I was, what I was doing before bed, like my TV was at that very moment of me in bed watching TV. It was, it was going on, but in the corner of my room where the door is like on the top part, I saw like a creature. I don't know what it was, but I saw something and it was just looking at me and it had glowing eyes. It was like a demon kind of. And I remember feeling like I couldn't wake up like I felt trapped and like I was looking at it and it was looking at me sorry just gave me like a 
a little bit of chills and anxiety right now but it was looking at I was looking at it and it was looking at me and the tv was on and like I couldn't move or anything and then I remember jumping up out of bed so I think I was sleeping I don't remember but I jumped up out of bed after that moment I refused to go to sleep which made it very difficult to enjoy life even more because I couldn't sleep I was sleeping I was sleep deprived um from that moment on, what I would do is I would take mini naps during nighttime. So when I would go to bed, I would sleep for like a second, but then I would wake up instantly because I didn't want to fall into a deep sleep. And then like my whole night consisted of like me sleeping like this and then waking up. And I didn't actually sleep till morning when my fiance was working because I would then go to the living room and I would lay on the sofa and that's how I would fall asleep. So instead of falling asleep at night, I would stay up at night and then go to the living room and sleep during the day so that my fiance was within distance but awake it was so terrifying honestly it was terrifying and I think about it till today and like I can still see what the room looked like what I was watching and how it looked and like I mean it was like it was so crazy because you watch horror movies and you see like the the blue casting color and the blacks because of the shadows and all that and I looked to the corner and that was there and it was just like it was terrifying it was absolutely terrifying and I know that's like, or not that it's not, but like, again, I know that there are some side effects to the medication, but those situations for me just were not situations that I wanted to put myself in again. I just, I couldn't handle it. I, I just, truly, I could not. Then after I stopped taking the medication, I uh, realized that there were some things that I started doing to try to cope with it because after taking the medication, although it gave me more anxiety and it gave me more triggers, um, something that I did take out of it was that I wanted to feel better. And I realized that the medication was just not going to be it. But if I just let it take over, then I was just not going to be happy and it was going to create more issues for me and it was going to be awful, awful, honestly. I've said that a lot throughout this episode, but it's because it truly is. But I decided to, or I, not that I decided, but I realized that something that helped comfort me because there were things that did help me uh, were my, were, were watching shows that I've watched before. So like binge watching The Office and then binge watching a show that I absolutely love, which is Bob's Burgers. I, that is my comfort show right now. If I ever feel some type of way or if I feel like I just need to like kind of not loosen up, but like like if I'm feeling anxious and I need something to kind of level me, I will watch Bob's Burgers because it really does truly level me out. I kid you not, it is the best. And till today, I literally still watch Bob's Burger. Every night I go to bed and I put Bob's Burgers on and I watch it. And I watch The Office too because we used to like put The Office on to go to sleep. And that's what I think I was watching actually the night that I saw that figure, The Office. But Bob's Burgers became a thing that would really comfort me. And it became something that I would watch even till today and whenever I feel some type of way. And now it's literally my favorite show. I also, uh, and this is along the lines of things that I do to try to help myself and they've helped me a lot. I also watch um, YouTubers. I binge watch YouTubers. I feel like comforted knowing that there are other people that are dealing with the same thing that I've dealt with. Because like I said, I've always had anxiety but during the pandemic, it intensified. And I know for a lot of people, it did the same thing. And it's so draining physically, mentally, emotionally, everything, everything. It's so draining. And it does a lot to your body, whether you choose to believe it or not. And that's why I've 
tried ways to figure out to kind of control it. Some things that I do that make me feel good that I've noticed help journaling. Journaling has been absolutely the top one for me. Like it really. So for me, my anxiety is a type that everything in my head just like goes off at once. And there's so much in there that I can never concentrate. So when I have a thought in my head, I write it down and I kid you not, it is the best, best, best thing. I, I'm, I'm so thankful for it. Another thing is I like being outside a lot. Unfortunately, like during the cold time, currently we're in winter. Um, well, if you live in Pennsylvania, you're in the winter time and other areas in the Eastern area, but we're currently during winter. So I don't go out as often cause it's cold one and two it's cold, <laughs> but I do take time when I take the dogs outside for their walks, like, especially during the day, like I'm taking the moment and I'm very happy where we are now because another thing that's really awful is when you have anxiety and you're trapped in a small apartment. Yeah, no, that was awful. That was really moving out of our small apartment was the biggest blessing that we've ever had. My fiance and I had decided that we're going to buy a house and that is exactly that is exactly what we did. And just being able to sit on a porch and enjoy outside or, you know, have space to walk has been the biggest blessing and I know a lot of people don't have the privilege of you know being able to sit outside but if you can go outside and take in air honestly it really does help a lot um journaling is another good thing binge watching a show you like because there are as weird as it is shows that just kind of help you know control or bring you back to like simpler times if that makes sense I'm a child at heart and cartoons were always that thing that just made me feel good and when it's a cartoon just it adds to the, the comfort but if there's one thing I have to say that's really been super super helpful in my recovery or not necessarily recovery because unfortunately there is no like what is it clear a help for you know getting rid of anxiety there's only ways to cope with it and something that's been the biggest help for me is my fiance it took him a while to understand my anxiety. Like it took him a while because he's a guy who never understood it. And the pandemic helped him understand what anxiety was in an unfortunate way. But when he got anxiety, I think that allowed him to understand a little bit of what I deal with because he knows my past. He knows all my struggles. He's always, you know, told me like, hey, you have to put yourself first. You have to do this for you. Like he's always laid it out straight in a really obviously kind way. But after that, he's learned to help me cope with my anxiety, even though it was frustrating at first. And I definitely don't blame him because, you know, it having someone you're dating have anxiety to the intensity that I have it, it is not easy and not a walk in the park. So anyone who has a partner who deals with it and you're helping them deal with it, honestly, props to you. I really honestly applaud you. And he's been one of them. Like it, it, he's learned throughout the time, actually. So recently I had a panic attack and it was bad and I kept telling him like like I kept moving back and forth and I kept breathing fast and like kept feeling like my chest was getting tight and he would grab me he would look at me and he would tell me to just breathe and then he would tell me to breathe and count and he would hug me and I would cry and he comforted me like he would comfort me like I I just am so beyond thankful and blessed for him honestly because if it wasn't for him, I mean, there are ways that I've been coping, but I think there's something extra special about having someone else be able to help you cope. It's gotten to the point where he, or he has gotten to the point of 
Okay, I do apologize for this new position. I ran out of storage because technology, gotta love it. But as I was saying, I do appreciate my fiance for all the help he's done for me, for supporting me the way he does. Honestly, I would not, I don't know that I would be here if it wasn't for him. And I thank him so much because he is truly a blessing in my life. And it's very important to have that person in your life to help support you and, you know, just be there for you. So I, I really do appreciate him so very much. Uh, something else that has helped me, which he's kind of like lean to it sometimes too, is body scans. Body scans are very important and very good because it allows you to know and sense your body, especially if it's like you have health or yeah, especially if you have uh, health triggers, body scans are going to be your best friend. Just take a second and feel your body, like literally feel it from the head to your toes to the tips of your fingers. If everything feels okay, your heart literally does help you. You can also use your five senses, smell, touch, you know, taste, all that. Everything just helps ground you. So I definitely would advise if you are looking for methods and you don't have a proper support system, try the methods that I said in this episode. They they do help. Not They're not like foolproof, but they, they definitely do help. At least they've helped me. And I really hope they help you guys. And um, that's where I'm going to end the video for today. There's so much on this topic that I can honestly discuss, but I wanted to just broadly touch on the topic. I do want to make more uh, episodes about this. And if there are topics you guys want to talk about specifically or you want me to talk about specifically, leave them down in the comment section if you're watching the video version or follow me on all my social media at Growing Young Podcast and leave me some messages or comments. There I put some posts on when the videos are live. I also make some little questions that you guys can maybe answer or you guys are able to answer me by just sending me messages. And also, don't forget to subscribe to the channel. I make videos every Monday. Well, a new episode comes out every Monday. So if you're not a video person, you can definitely listen to the audio version. There are definitely areas such as Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and others that you can listen to the podcast on the go. So definitely give them a listen. And I'll catch you guys on the next episode. I feel like there was something else I wanted to say. And I think that's it, though. All right, I'll catch you guys in the next one. Bye.